This is the American Dream, Dusted Rhodes, son of a plumber, daddy, and you're listening to the Bob Culture Podcast. Gentlemen, welcome back to a very special Double or Nothing Predictions panel episode of the BCP. Right now, you are listening to Damnation's cover of Fozzie's Judas, available on iTunes, YouTube, Spotify right now. Check them out. Subscribe, like, give them all the love. And right now, guys, excited for this one-of-a-kind panel tonight. Joining the show, please welcome Her Royal Highness herself, the host of Queen's Court on Smart to Death Radio, hashtag Queenie Cooks. Hashtag Queenie Sings, hashtag Queenie Punches, the queen of the podcasting realm herself, the queen of any queen. How's it going? Well, I feel like I should just like retire now. That was great. <laughs> like Thank you David so much. Star intro there, man. I know. Yeah. I feel like I, I just like, got on my Walk of Fame star. I feel good. Thanks, Rob. Yeah. Okay, so queen, what's hashtag Queenie Punches? Are you punching people now? Well, I'm not punching people <laughs> yet. But I, I am punching uh, a bag. <laughs> I box. So. Oh, yeah, watch legit. out. Let's face it. Future first ballot Bob Coltrane uh, Hall of Famer already. My God. Oh, jeez. Wow. I like that. I know. I, I told you. We take care of you guys here. All right. Also returning to the show, our hangman page of the group, host of the Socially Distanced Podcast, the editor-in-chief of thepopbreak.com, and Cody Rhodes' close personal friend, Mr. Bill Botkin. What's up, Bill? How are you? I'm doing good. I talked to my uh, best friend, the Rosa Coaster, earlier today, and uh, I, you know, just for this podcast, I picked up some Jameson. The sponsorship is flowing, and I am ready to talk about AEW. Finally, I don't have to be nice talking about WWE. I can talk about wrestling. I like. Oh, it's, it's coming out, yeah, and we will kind of, you know, we always say it's not a competition, but let's be honest, we get those Wednesday night rankings every week, we'll talk about that in just a little bit, but we do have one more special guest making his debut tonight, long-awaited debut on the BCP, uh, and of course, it's our pal from the Wrestling IQ 101 podcast, they have had the likes of Matt Riddle, Keith Lee, all these great interviews, a lot of indie talent, guys, please, Welcome to the show, the good brother, Mr. Derek Gamble. Derek, what's up, bro? How are you? Oh, man. See, I like that, too. I don't think I'll ever need another introduction in my life again. We that take, was amazing, man. <laughs> we take care of you here, man. How's everything? You staying safe over there? Staying safe, um, you know, just like everybody else, watching a lot of wrestling, a lot of old wrestling, 
a lot of new wrestling. Um, yeah, you know, checking out your stuff. You know, a lot of yeah, good stuff is. you're putting out as well. Um, yeah, and that's it, man. Glad to be here, and you know, I'm honored to be on your show, man. Anytime, brother. And you know, I'll tell you what, guys, I'm excited for this panel. This is a good group. This is all star caliber right here. I am stoked. It's all elite. It's all elite. Yeah. Oh, wow. That was good. That was yes. Good. Love it, guys. Um, you know, not to change the mood real quick, a little bit of a somber note. You know, we always like to thank everyone who's entertained us over the years. Obviously, we got to talk real quick about the passing. Uh, Shad Gaspard, crime time, great performer, even better human. Really sad note. You know, I always want to say thank you for entertaining us. Thank you for wrestling. Uh, I ha- had the chance to meet Shad briefly. I think it was before there was even like WrestleMania access. Uh, we got to meet Crime Time and like Chris Masters. It, it wasn't like officially called access, but it was at MetLife or it was the IZOD Center. It used to be Continental Airlines Arena uh, here in Jersey. And they were super nice. And I wish I could find the picture. All my stuff's in boxes right now, but there's a picture of us with Crime Time. And Shad is giving me bunny ears. And I really wish I could find it. But super nice dude. Um, tragic story, but. Uh, just sending all my love and prayers and thoughts to everyone involved, JTG, the family, the wrestling community, and, uh, you know, Shad will be missed. Um, Derek, I know you had a few words you wanted to say about Shad. Yeah, man. Um, he, he was just a, he was a really good dude. Um, you know, we, we never had the honor of having him on our show, but we did have JTG, and we talked about a lot of stories about, you know, Shad and, you know, all the things that they got into together. Um just as a dad it was just um the story was um you know heartbreaking to you know to you know sacrifice to say you know save my son and you know don't save me and uh, you know i just kind of put myself in that same shoes and i would do the same thing if it was either one of my children as well and you know for someone like shad for me especially um he's a he's an important person to me as well as, you know, a lot of other African-American wrestlers because, mm-hmm. you know, for a kid like me growing up, uh, you know, to see someone that looks like you on the TV is a very important thing. And, you know, I just I just I just thought like, you know, he did a good job, but he always entertained. Um, and, you know, all those guys always entertain. And, um, you know, it was just it's it very heartfelt for me just that, you know, he passed away. But, you know, if you're going to go out you know, doing it for your kids, you know, that's the way you, you, you should do it for sure. Beautifully, beautifully said, man. And, uh, guys, you know, we, we always hate to, you know, start on, on a somber note. That's a, Oh, did you, I'm sorry, Bill, you had something to say, man. Go ahead. Yeah. Derek, you know, as a, as a dad, you know, you, you, you always say that, you know, you, you put your kids before yourself and you see that in action. And, um, just watching all the wrestlers come out on Twitter talking about just like how great a guy he was. Uh, guys from I know from like GCW and stuff talking about interacting with him over last week, last year's WrestleMania weekend, how great he was. Uh, and, and kind of a renaissance man, too. I mean, he was a stunt guy. I suppose he did all the motion capture for Kratos and God of War. He was oh, a yeah. bird's prey um, as a stunt man and as a villain in that. And, um, you know, it's, it's a shame that he's he's no longer with us so he, was, he was very young but he went on a hero because I mean that was just such a brave thing to do and you know God bless and he's in a better place now beautifully said man you know it's it's tough guys but I appreciate that and uh, you know thank you Shad R.I.P. Um, all right, guys. Let's uh, let's get let's get excited here about all elite. We got the all elite panel. Let's get excited about 
All Elite Wrestling. We're talking double or nothing. Obviously going to be very, very different this year. And before we get to our predictions, I did want to touch on this, guys. We said on past shows how AEW really is doing a great job consistently creating an audience, creating an environment. We have the pyro, Bill. I think one of the only things I've ranted on this show was about WWE bringing the pyro back once upon a time. I'm a big pyro guy. It's all about it. But um, we have the pyro. We have almost like that outside, you know, arena feel. You know, we're not like, you don't feel like the four walls. I feel like when we watch some of the other brands, you feel the four walls. I, I feel like we're out in the open. We have an audience. We have pyro. And AEW's killing it. I feel like other brands are, are, are refusing to copy that, maybe for the sake of looking like they're copying it. I don't know. But AEW is killing it right now. And I'm an NXT guys, or an NXT guys. I tell you guys over and over again. And AEW has been putting out, you know, not a fan of that Johnny heel turn, but AEW has been putting out a way better product every single week, week in, week out. Last night's show, Bill, I know you reviewed it, was incredible. Bill, what do you think about the way AEW right now is handling this no audience situation? Um, well, the NOLA, I think they've done a, a spectacular job starting out from that first moment, uh, the day before St. Patrick's Day, when... Um, Cody comes out in a basically a dark arena and just gives a monologue about basically setting the tone of what we're going to see for the next foreseeable future. Um, and I think, uh, you know, and shameless plug, I, I was on a roundtable today with Cody, um, thanks to TNT for setting that up, including us, um, was, you know, they talked about there's a lot of improvisation. There was a lot of, like, in terms of their storyline, they had to, everything had to be on the fly. They had to change a lot of their weekly television, though supposedly Double or Nothing, was pretty much 90% what they said it was going to be uh, from a few months ago. Um, I, I feel like they've done the best with, they had 30% of the roster, if not less, and they found great ways to improvise, great ways to utilize talent that wasn't used very well, like Best Friends or Kip Sabian or Jimmy Havoc. Uh, and to use people like someone who I've been a fan of for a long time, Sugar Dunkerton, aka Pineapple Pete, like to be able to use talent like that, or even a guy like Alan Angels, like all of a sudden he became a thing. Like it's cool to see people come out there and, and, and they, they, they try to make it fun every single week, no matter what. Whereas I feel like everyone else was trying to run it like they would in front of a big crowd. They were just like, hey, there's no crowd here. We're going to just, let's do different stuff. We're not going to scale down our, you know, our the the uh, intensity and the excitement because AEW is all about excitement. Those live crowds were insane, but they played it like we're going to insane live crowds. They just happen to be sitting in their in their in their seats and on their couches, and that's what Cody was talking about in the interview I did with them. It's, it's you have to you're not getting instant gratification, but you have to act like you are. And you have to play to those people at home because they're tuning in in the hundreds of thousands to see you. And my hat's off. I've been an AEW fan since January 1st of last year, and I think they've been doing uh, a great job. Very well said. Queen, you have some thoughts on this? They nailed it. They've nailed it. Um, you know, going off of what Bill mentioned at the beginning about Cody coming out in that beautiful like spotlight and giving that monologue, it sets a precedent. You know, I was speaking to um, the wrestler of the people today, Christian Cobain, which drops next week, by the way, hey. on Court, and um, he said something really cool that I I really liked, and that was he views 
wrestling is kind of like a play. It's theater. Cody understands that very well. And he understands that he's selling something more than just an in-ring product. While it's, you know, top-notch and, and they have excellent performers, he understands what he what he's doing. And he made that very, very clear when he came out in that spotlight. And I think from the second that they included MJF on the sidelines, and he's just popping off at the mouth, heckling the entirety of the program, it's gold. It's money. It's perfect. I can still remember when it when it first kind of went down and he was screaming, let's go masked guys. I can still remember that because of like how it made you feel. Yeah, there's no audience, but they're using the people that they have at their disposal and on their roster to make it feel like an intimate indie show. If you've ever gone to an indie show, sometimes you're like one of five people there. And that's just how it is. And it may be kind of quiet. And you are maybe the only person in the room that's cheering. So that's what it feels like to me. It feels like they've embraced a lot of, of a lot of what their roster has gone through being in the indie scene and kind of brought that to our weekly television. So I think they're killing it. And, you know, NXT's the best of WWE, in my opinion. And I wish that they would do something similar. I don't think they need to copy per se. I just wish that they would treat it the way NXT used to be. Fun. Yeah. <laughs> Engaging, right? Yeah. They, they felt like the indies of WWE. Like, if WWE could be indie, that would be it. Yeah. it it's intimate, and you felt like that connection there, and I feel like NXT has lost that in a lot of ways. And I would like to see them bring it back, especially now that my boy Cross is they're killing the game. I'm like, come on, honey. Let's go. <laughs> so, let's call me. Very well said. Yeah, big killer cross people over there. That entrance, I mean. Again, I know. Don't worry, Bill. Don't worry, Bill. We won't go on an NXT tangent here. Listen, He's shaking. I had a lovely conversation with him at that crazy-ass show on Brick earlier this year, which feels like 10 years ago at this point. Nice guy. Yeah, he definitely moisturizes. He has a smooth handshake, I'll tell you that. You heard it here first. <laughs> I was like, Jesus Christ, man. That's a Luke going on there, brother. Very true. Nicest guy. Now, Derek, are you, uh, your thoughts on how AEW's uh, doing right now, and are you an AEW guy over there? Uh, well, you know, since back in the days, I'm a WWE guy no matter what, okay. even though they get on my nerves so much <laughs> and they do me so mad, but it's like that X you can't dump, you just keep going back to. That's how they are to me. But I'll tell you what, since AEW has started um, – I'm very happy that there's an alternative, and on Wednesdays, I do rather watch AEW than NXT, yeah. to be honest, and I'll, I'll tell you, I was um, I was watching um, NXT, um, AEW yesterday, and um, even like for this past month, and to be honest, if you're just paying attention to the action in the ring, you don't even notice that there's not a crowd there. It yeah. feels like the crowd is still there. It's like, you don't even pay attention to it. When you, when, when NXT, it's like those guys come out, which one thing I hate so much that they do in WWE, they're still going through the motions of coming out in their entrance, looking to the crowd. There's nobody there. Why are you looking to the crowd? Why are you pandering to the crowd? There's nobody there. And AEW has just been so smart with that. And, you know, I know how, you know, Vince is and, you know, I'm pretty sure he's sitting there. And Triple H is probably telling him, hey, why don't we throw some guys in the crowd today? Yeah. He's probably, no, we're not copying those guys. And, oh, <laughs> you know how Vince is. He doesn't copy anybody. So, but... No, <laughs> he hasn't copied anyone. <laughs> yeah. You 
know, AEW, AEW has been doing a, an amazing job. And um, just like, um, you know, Queen said, it's just, it has that indie vibe. And, you know, being a, a, a major indie fan out here in Jersey, there's indie shows everywhere. You know, this is, this is great for us right here. So I can understand why you guys love AEW so much, man. And, you know, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing what they're going to keep doing and how they keep evolving. You ain't wrong, man. Very well said. Now, Derek, I thought Queen and Bill and I were going to put you over tonight. You know, I really did. But what a strong showing already, man. This guy is uh, bringing his A game. So this is awesome. All right, guys, let's get into the matches here. This is a really good card. I mean, this is on pay-per-view. And, guys, you know, I don't know who's thinking about, you know, doing this. I think we're all going to be watching this thing. Uh, as always, we start with ladies first here on the BCP. Uh, and let's go with Britt Baker versus our favorite alien uh, and someone we have interviewed here on the BCP. Very interesting interview. Uh, Miss Chris Statlander, one of my personal favorites. Let's throw it over to Queen. What do you think about this match? Yeah, that was so much fun to listen to, and she is our leader. I love Chris Statlander. Oh, my God. What a <laughs> meteor. My five-year-old loves Chris Statlander. Oh, yeah? Well, fabulous. Excellent choice. Um, you know, what's super fun about Chris is her 2019 was, was absolutely wild, and she's had some crazy matches. So when she came to AEW, I was like, oh, thank God. <laughs> I'm so excited to see her on weekly television. I know she's going to show out. And, oh, See, this match is, is tough, you know, because of a couple things. One, we don't really know what's going on with Britt Baker. Is she really, really hurt? Are they going to cancel this match altogether? Are they replacing her with somebody? I don't know. So I'm going to pretend that it is what it is right now, and they're going to have these two. Um, I, I think it's Britt Baker's. Um, the way that they've invested in her and her heel turn, which, by the way, was the smartest thing they could have done, was turn her heel and give her this character and work with her on that character. She fell super, super flat when she was faced, and it just was not connecting. And, and we're kind of starting to see her in-ring return to how she was on the indies, I feel like. So we're starting to see a little bit of the old Britt Baker come out, and I like that. Um She's not my favorite person in the AEW women's roster, but uh, it is much better. And I want it to be Chris Statlander's time. I just don't think it is at this exact juncture. And I kind of have an idea of how this might play into the championship match a little mm. bit later, if it is, in fact, going to be Brit versus Chris. Um, I love Chris Statlander, though. I can't wait till she holds the title, maybe next year. Wow, Queen Slam Dunk is always and a little foreshadowing here. It's like you've done this before, beautifully done. Derek, your thoughts on this match? All right, so with this, uh, just like you said, if the match is going to happen, uh, I think it's I think it's clear cut that Britt Baker is uh, she's winning this match for sure. Um, AEW is putting a lot of investment and a lot of stock into her. Uh, they're giving her these amazing promos, just like you said. Um, that turn to Hill for her, uh, it was amazing. It saved her because face was not the thing for Britt. Um, Chris, I love her. Uh, I've seen her wrestle a couple times at WrestlePro here in Rawway, New Jersey. Yeah. Um, she's amazing. Yeah. Just like you said, uh, I think they're building her up, and she's going to be an amazing talent, and she's going to be a pivotal part of the women's division. But right now, it's just not her time. But foreshadowing like i said i'm gonna contradict myself later on 
if you know what I'm talking about, Queen, because you're foreshadowing. I'm going to contradict myself later on. <laughs> but right now, for this, this makes sense. And I say Britt Baker, she's winning this match. Wow. Queen and Derek on the same page here. All right. Interesting. I'm very interested. Bill, what do you got? Britt Baker, I mean, if you think about it from a year ago, Britt Baker was the bright, shining baby face of the AEW women's division along Kylie Ray. That, that division, think about it, like, and Queen, you could totally disagree with me. It's like how that division was so maligned and so bad and heavily criticized. Most because, hey, and, and you know what? They said it was going to be something great, and it's proper up. You're right. And, um, now you have two women's matches on on the pay-per-view, so, hey, progress and even small steps. Um, I saw that in that moment last night. Man, I don't know if Britt's going to make this match. That was a bad moment with Nyla ends up on her knee. It was a freak accident. Um, if it does happen, Britt's got to go over, because, in my opinion, because the momentum is there. It sucks for Statlander, who I felt has kind of suffered um, since she has been in AEW. She was red hot and then lost to Nyla Rose because she was sick. Who knows what she had? I mean, she could have had COVID for all we knew because they were saying she had the flu. And um, Sidebar, sorry about that. And, and I, I, Statlander is going to be – She's going to be fine. She's going to hold that title one day. But Britt Baker is just, I think, honestly, even if she gets hurt, they're going to treat her like WWE did to Steve Austin back in the 90s. And she's going to be on every show. And it's just going to be her character because her character doesn't need to wrestle. It needs to be there, though. And I think she's taking, you know, she's, she's, uh, her, her boyfriend is one of the best heels in the business right now. And I think she's going to be one of the best female heels in the business by the end of 2020, if if not already. And uh, if this match happens, Britt's going to win. If it doesn't happen, that sucks. And we'll see some sort of match. But um, to me, the money for the future in AEW, much like they did it from day one, is going to be on Britt Baker because she's going to be huge. As a heel, not as a, they originally intended her. So the future is super bright for the doctor. Ah, uh, little de- little uh, dentistry pun right there. I get it. All right, so not right. intentional, honestly. <laughs> right, yes. the teeth. No, there it was. Sure, sure. He's a he's a writer. He know he knows what he's doing. <laughs> um, so I'm gonna copy. I'm gonna, I'm gonna copy and paste pretty much what Queen said. I do agree it's gonna be Britt Baker. You know, if she can overcome this, what looks like a really bad injury, we'll talk about the injuries in just a minute. Uh, hers seemingly being the worst, I believe. The knee we were talking about that landing with Nyla Rose, so on and so forth. Um, it just makes sense. You know, it looks like. Britt Baker has been like a number one contender through most of her run here in AEW. The heel turn is best for business. I was I was actually on the other side of it when she first turned heel. I was like, I don't know about this, but again, has proven me wrong. Uh, so it's going really well. Chris Statlander has said publicly, uh, I believe it was on um, what was it, the Bob Coulter podcast, that um, she uh, she's not about the titles. She she really doesn't care about winning the title. She wants to bring joy back to wrestling. These were her words, and to me, that was very uh, refreshing, really cool. You don't usually hear this. You usually, guys, I want to get this title, that title. So that was really cool. She just wants to make it fun. She just wants it to be a good match. I do think, Bill, I agree with you. The money is in Britt Baker, but I do see a lot of money in Chris Statlander, especially with the kids. In fact, 
Bill, I think you said, uh, you know, Soph loves uh, loves Chris Statlander already. I mean, come on. Uh, I'm, I'm like a big kid over here. We're all about it. So uh, I see big things in her future, uh, and I'd be thrilled if she wins on Saturday, but I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, Got to give it to uh, Britt Baker. All right. Was that Britt Baker all around, I think? Yes. All right. <laughs> Although Chris Taylor had, had one of the best spots of uh, Dynamite last she night. or killed it. Where she had uh, Nyla Rose on her shoulders for a prolonged period of time. And that shows just how freakishly strong she is. Yeah, absolutely. A heck of a show last night. Like Really, really good, good episode. Um, let's talk about the buy-in. I believe there's only one match in the buy-in. Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, my boys private party versus, uh, best friends. I'm just going to go private party because they're awesome. And I believe they'll be the number one contenders for the tag belt after that. Uh, I believe it's a number one contendership match. Uh, let's throw it over to Derek. Are you shaking your head? No, over there. What do you got? I'm shaking my head. No, okay. man. And you got to come on. We haven't seen private party for how long? And the best friends, they've been pushing them, man. True. They're pushing true, true. and pushing and pushing them. They're giving us them. They're giving us Orange Cassidy. They're giving us all of them, man. And this is, this is definitely probably out of all the matches that are on this show, it's probably the easiest one for me to pick for sure. The best friends, just like hey, every everyone else, they're investing in new talent. That's going to be my theme that you hear through all my picks. They're investing in new talent. The best friends, they're pushing them. They'll be the number one contenders, and don't be surprised when they're the tag team champions as well. Oh, God damn. Damn. Strong. Tag team champions, don't be surprised. Strong. I got a Chuck Taylor t-shirt back at my house, but I don't know if I agree with that. I'm telling you, they're going to give them... It's going to be a whole three-man thing. They're, they're going to go the New Day route. I guarantee wow. it, man. Trust me. Believe me on that. Okay. Mark it down. Derek mark is like, down, uh, Derek is like the uh, carrying cross in- entrance right now, man. Strong debut already, this guy. Queen, your thoughts on this one? <laughs> this is best friends all day, honey. Listen, I love <laughs> Private Party. And, you know, I'm ready for my 24 ounces of, of vodka cranberry. Let's fucking go but here's the thing um as much as i love them they're not the best friends right now and the best friends are killing it and trent is trent is primed and ready for a singles run honey and it's coming soon just not soon enough for my taste because no offense chucky t you're hilarious but you need to go somewhere um i really like trent. <laughs> love trent and orange cassidy is i mean come on He's a treasure. Saint of yeah, the world. You know, he is. He's, he is the patron saint of AEW. Let's. let's I would say of the world. Well, I mean, of the world. I don't know. Of the world. I don't know. He, he, Otis may be the national treasure and like the patron saint of the world. Uh, you know what I mean? He's just. Oh, anyway. That's another show. I'm waiting, I'm waiting for them to screw that up. No, don't listen. Let me have one nice thing. Listen, 31 years of watching wrestling. I know what the WWE is. They're going to screw it all up. I know. But for now, I'll enjoy. Anywho, best friends all day, buy-in. They're going to be the number one contenders. Um, I don't know if they're the ones that are going to take it from Kenny and um, Hangman, though. I gotcha. Okay. Derek and Queenie on the same page. Let's throw it over to uh, freshly squeezed Bill Bakken. I am freshly squeezed right now. Um... (laughs) 
Yeah, I'm gonna go for the. I'm gonna go for the clean sweep here. Um, I'm going uh, best friends. Uh, best friends put in. They were the and Cody even said on the interview they were the MVPs of. Um, much like uh, you could say, Oscar was the MVP. Has been the MVP. Uh, or one of them for WWE during this um, empty arena era. You know, the best friends really were. They put in the. They put in a lot of work. They were on every show almost. I mean, you look at that Trent Kenny match from Dynamite a few. I mean, could be a few weeks ago. Could be three months ago. For all I know, time is just a concept at this point. Uh, that match was killer. Um, best friends are gonna. I think they're gonna take this uh, private party. Listen, man, they're great, and they're going to get back on track, but we're, we're destined for a summer series between Kenny Hangman and Best Friends, and it's we're going to win that feud because that's going to be awesome. Yes, it is. <laughs> hey, you know what? I can't argue. Even though I did, I really can't argue with you guys. I love Private Party, but everything you're saying, especially, you know, I'll stick with the pick. I won't change the pick, Bill. Don't worry. But uh, everything I know, you're saying. I tell you, every podcast. I know. Stick I know, to your guts, Stick brother. to your gut. You, you ain't wrong, brother. And uh, especially hearing that those words from Cody that you said, your uh, close personal best friend. Uh, you know, I think you guys are right in that one. But I'll stick I'll stick with Private Party, so we'll see what happens. Let's, I'm the godfather to his, his future kids. Not I mean. true. <laughs> not true. All right, guys. Let's take Thank it. Not. Let's take it to uh, MJF versus Jungle Boy. Let's uh, let's start with Derek on this one. All right. See, I told you guys that picking the best friends was the easiest match to pick on this. I lied to you guys. I'm sorry. This is the easiest match to pick on this one. MJF, man. MJF is the hottest thing in AEW. MJF is the hottest thing in wrestling right now. I said it. MJF is the man. He's a master hill. Uh... We knew this guy way before he even hit AEW. Um, he gave off those Miz vibes where you just hated him and you didn't even know him. But, you know, you, he just had that arrogant attitude. But he's a he's a great character. Uh, he's doing it for AEW right now. And there's no way he doesn't win this match. Uh, they're, they're, Jungle Boy, I love Jungle Boy, too. And I love the whole Jurassic Express. But come on, man. MJF all day. He's taking this one easily. So, yeah, and again, hell of a debut, bro. Um, I got to say this. So the, the first time I actually saw MJF at an indie show was that, were you guys at Boardwalk uh, Beatdown, Derek? You and Andrew, were you guys? You guys were there. Yeah, we, yeah he, I was going to say. His table was right next to That's ours. what I was going to say. I think that was, right was the first time I met you guys. That's what it was. Um, and you got uh, Victoria wearing your shirt. That's right. Um, yeah, that's yeah right. that was awesome. But the first time I saw MJF was there at the convention, and then I saw him in the match. It was like a fatal four way, I think, for the standalone title, or whatever. And again, so <laughs> this is kind of funny, but I'll say it. So after his match, or whatever, you know, I went into the men's room, uh, and I see MJF in there, and he's brushing his teeth. And I, you know, like I say to all the wrestlers, like I, you know, this is my first time seeing him. Like, yeah, he was heel, whatever. And I said, I said, hey man, great match, you know, like just to be nice or whatever. And he goes, he goes, I know. And I'm like, oh, like, whatever. I'm like, he's kind of a douche. But, like, whatever. I didn't think anything of it. Then I see, like, my, my buddy, I guess, seen him, and he said he called Vac, like, something nasty or something like that. And uh, I'm like, oh, this is this guy isn't very nice. But uh, sure enough, you go on to see him uh, being a, a douche, essentially, to everybody. So uh, I do agree, though, that MJF is going to uh, win this match. I'm not high. I mean, like, I know that's the whole point. But I'm not as high on MJF. Like, again, brilliant heel. He's doing everything right uh, in terms of being that heel persona. But in the ring, I mean, he's he's good. But, yeah, 
I'm, I'm not uh, just all about it. Bill, your thoughts on this match? I think this has a, a sneaky chance to be one of the best matches of the night. Um, Jungle Boy is great. Yeah. I love Jungle Boy. And I mean, if you need any proof to see how good he is in singles matches, look at his match with Janela from GCW. Look at his match with Jericho. Uh, Dynamite. The guy can go. And he and MJF are going to have it. I think this is going to be a very old school, dusty era, NWA heel versus face match, man. And it's going to be so cool to watch. And uh, I think MJF is going to win. Uh, he's because I, I really think he's he's on a collision course for for Moxley at All Out, mm. and um, I would not be shocked to see him holding the title by the end of 2020. Um, Queen's just nodding. She's like, "Yep, yep." yep. And <laughs> and uh, I, I I think MJF's a great heel. Uh, his in-ring work, the match he did with Marco recently was awesome. He is old school as old school gets, man. And uh, I love seeing him work. And I think these two, this is, run this match back in a year. Run this feud back in a year. This is going to be the future of AEW. And I'm not the first person to say it. I won't be the last. Like, these guys are destined to fight forever. As they say, in the dance and the chance, um, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a hell of a match. And uh, yeah, MJF on top for sure. Queen, now, I'll tell you. I'll, I'll sorry, I don't want to cut off. No, go ahead, I'll bro. tell you one thing. Um, just because you said about you know MJF is old school. Um, MJF he uh, he trained at Russell Pro as well at Creative Pro actually, yes. which is under Russell Pro. And um, one of the if you ever, if you know anything about Russell Pro, one of the greatest hills there is Sean Donovan. Sean Donovan is one of the guys. He's one of the guys who helped in training MJF. And I know one big thing about uh, Sean Donovan is that he's he's the old school hill, and for him. He's not trying to pop the crowd. He's a hill. Uh, old school hills, they're not trying to pop the, the crowd. So where you might see it as, oh, MJF, I don't think he's as skilled in the ring. He's doing exactly what he's supposed to do because he's a hill. He's not supposed to have the crowd cheer for him. So that was just one thing I wanted to touch on, you know, with uh, MJF. Yeah, you want a fun wrestle pro fact for a second? I wrote about Pat Buck's wedding for the Star Ledger. And it made it into print, and it totally changed my headline about pro wrestler to like something else. But yeah, I Pat Buck, I, I go way back with Pat. Yeah, and, Pat's a great dude. He's uh, definitely a good dude. Yeah, Russell. So, yeah, I, Russell Pro. I read about weddings besides wrestling. <laughs> yeah, little little known <laughs> fact awesome. there. Russell Pro is awesome, and Derek. I mean, you're you're right on point. I can't argue with you, man. Very well said. But let's throw it to the Queen for uh, the Grand Slam here. Um, easily MJF, and and I don't mean that in, in a way to discredit Jungle Boy. I, I really love Jungle Boy. Um, MJF, Jungle Boy, Darby Allen, Sammy Guevara are the future of wrestling. Um, they're already killing it now. Imagine what five years will do. I, I think there's a lot of potential uh, and and the future looks good. <laughs> so yeah. um, I, I think MJF's going to win. You know, he's, uh, they made a point to, to discuss that he's undefeated. Um, in AEW right now he hasn't lost so I don't see Jungle Boy being the one to put MJF down at this particular moment um, and I, I agree with Bill Bill said I was nodding while he was talking it's true uh, I think MJF will hold the title I think he's on the collision course uh, you know if they're going to follow this whole uh, rating system that they say that they're going to do I mean MJF 
it should be at the top. I know they'll reset after double or nothing, but he still hasn't lost, and that should put him in, in a good uh, a good spot. Um, I wonder how he'd do versus Mox. I can imagine the promos being a little crazy, um, but I think it would be a really fun event for all out for those two i just don't see him jeff losing he's probably going to do something dickish and um <laughs> we'll all laugh later and he'll say something funny but i will say that you know there there are people and wrestlers both male and female that need a title belt mjf is not one of them in my opinion he has the ring it's perfect for him. he just has this beautiful little diamond on his pinky he just says fuck you and we move on you know and he's perfect the way that he is he doesn't need to change you know in that persona at all i think he's just he's hitting spot on and um you know when you have such great talkers in AEW, like chris jericho is the greatest of all time and uh cody rhodes is, is excellent on the mic mjf hangs and surpasses sometimes and um you know bright future but don't sleep on jungle boy in a couple years He's going to be it. We're going to oh. see a beautiful match someday with Jungle Boy versus Sammy Guevara, and we're all going to, like, drool. It's going to be great. You mean perennial main eventer, Sammy Guevara? Correct, yeah. When, uh, awesome. Yeah, I was just talking about how, like, they're the future of AEW. Him, Darby, Jungle Boy, MJF. It's going to be insane. Future of wrestling, not even just AEW. That, and MJF and his swole Tom Hardy clone, Wardlow. <laughs> Very well said, Queen. The Jungle Boy will become a jungle man. All right, guys, moving forward. Wow. A, a laugh from Bill Bodkin. That's an honor right there. Uh, let's talk about... Uh, I'm, I'm about half a pint of... Oh, so there it is. I'll take it. I'm still counting it. All right, guys, let's go to the ladder match. Uh, speaking of, we have Dar- Darby Allen versus Colt Cabana versus Freshly Squeezed Orange Cassidy versus Ray Phoenix versus Scorpio Sky versus Kip Sabian versus Frankie Kazarian versus uh, Matt Wittes' favorite Luchasaurus versus a mystery competitor. Guys, I want to know who you think will win this match and who you think the mystery competitor may or may not be. Uh, let's throw it to Mr. Bill Bodkin. I think you had some thoughts on this. Yeah, I always do, man. Uh, so there's a lot of room. Rumor and innuendo, as Conrad Thompson would say, about who this person could be. Uh, the general consensus, and I sort of agree with this one, is it's going to be the machine Brian Cage. Uh, he is fully healed from his injury. He is free in his contract from Impact Wrestling. Long history with these dudes. Um, that uh, silhouette they put on Dynamite could easily be him, too. Um I think that would be pretty cool. I'm a big Brian Cage guy. I like him a lot. I love this work on Lucha Underground, a, a show that rarely gets referenced these days. Um, there's other rumors, or at least my theory, like I said last year on the Bob Culture Podcast, hey, maybe it's Tama Tonga for all we know. He's, he lives in Florida. What the hell else is he doing between about the elite as Queen mm. firmly looks oh, at I the don't. <laughs> I am put out for that goddamn New Japan AEW thing so hard and you know what if you gave me Tamatanga versus John Moxley at all out as opposed to MJF shut your butt man I'm there like it's that'd be crazy the promos would just be ungodly good but uh, who do I think is going to win this 
Uh, it's a tough one because I love everyone in the match. I love Cole Cabana. I, Ray Phoenix is one of my top five wrestlers in the world right now. Uh, you know, one of my favorite mass yeah. wrestlers outside of Jushin Liger um, at the moment. Um, he surpassed his brother to me. Um, I'm actually going to go Scorpio Sky as the winner. I like it. Because they have a lot of, they have a lot of faith in Scorpio Sky. I have a lot of faith in Scorpio Sky. I think he's great. And I I'm in the I might be the minority on this. I didn't think we saw the best of Scorpio Sky in his match against Jericho. That was a bit of a letdown for me. I think a Moxley Scorpio Sky match could be amazing. And I want that in my life. And I would not be shocked if it's Darby. Because also Darby and Mox too would be great, but I'm gonna go Scorpio Sky with this one. Yeah, it's interesting, man. Very well said. Um, I think Queen has a, also, some opinions on I'm this. Sorry, one. Go Rob, ahead. I'm yep. Cut you off real quick. Sorry. Manager. No, all good. Um, I actually rewatched the Casino Battle Royale. I'm not like MJF because his hair is way too high, um, <laughs> and I don't have a shitty tattoo on my ribs. Um, or on my arm. Oh, so sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just saying. Um, I was rewatching the the uh, casino battle, casino battle royale. Sorry, sometimes it's tough to say when you've had a few Jamesons. Um, <laughs> oh boy! And Lucian Swordsman was just like a guy who became a god, you know, in AEW. He was just a guy, and now he's like there's a potential because also, and if he won the match, Luchasaurus, John Moxley. Happy hell match, man. But um, I'm still. I'm going to stick to my guns. Scorpio Scott. Very well said, uh, Mr. Hangman Bodkin over there. I think uh, it's interesting because I see a lot of faces in this match. A lot of contenders in this match is, are part of a faction or a tag team, which is very interesting to me. Uh, so I think it's going to be great. I love who they've selected to be in this match, but it's very hard for me to pick a winner and you know that also moving forward makes me look at the AEW title match with Mox versus Brody Lee moving forward because are we going to have a face versus face this obviously ladder match is for that chip for the number one contendership for the AEW world title so this is hard to uh, put my finger on Queen do you have any theories over there I have a few um so I, if I'm just looking at this and kind of whatever on the mystery competitor. I, I feel like it's Scorpio Sky. That was my gut reaction. Now, I would love Darby Allen to win. Personally, I would have loved Darby Allen to be in the TNT Championship contendership yes. to That's actually like I flush out that beautiful, gorgeous mid-card that they have. That um, I, And I understand for whatever reason they're doing what they're doing, but the match for me between Cody and, and Lance, which we'll obviously get to, um, I just don't think needs a belt involved. I just don't. I, it's bigger than that because let's just say it was for the AEW World Heavyweight Championship. As my pal JPQ says, at no particular angle, it's the same match. It's the same thing. You're going to get the same mm. thing, um, which is not necessarily a bad thing, but it's not – I digress. So um, I would like Darby Allen to win, but my, my concern is if he does win this, this is another thing that he, you know, he's building a, a lot of momentum and the people are going to be behind him. He's super, super hot. You know, a lot of people have loved Darby Allen for a really long time. And it was super, super heartwarming when he came to AEW and people just took to this kid and he's 
unbelievably talented and so much heart and you really gravitate towards this person's character but if he wins this are they really ready to pull the trigger on Darby Allen as the world champion I don't think so not at this particular juncture and that's not a knock on him that's not a knock on anybody I just think there will be a time for Darby Allen and I think he's going to have this story of just continuing to rise and rise and rise and rise and rise until we are begging for him to be the champion and, and we'll finally get the moment and it'll be Pyro Bob, just for you. So <laughs> that'll happen, just not now. And I, I, I'm in the same. I'm in the same court as you. Uh, uh, Queen's I, court. I was hoping for. I don't know if we talked about this on the last the pod. You, me, and Bob did. Was I wanted Darby versus Lance because yes. I thought it was a way better story than Cody. Or I love Cody now. I like, I thought that's. I think that's a better match and a better story. But I almost wonder if that's a better story in front of a crowd, though. And that could be another reason, you know, and COVID has done so, so much to so many people and our beloved sport of wrestling that who knows what it really was supposed to be in the end. But that's another conversation. But I really feel like Scorpio Sky, this could be a great moment for him. Like Bill said earlier, we saw a taste of what Scorpio Sky can do. You haven't seen the whole thing. And if you've ever seen him be a heel, oh, honey, mm, there's good <laughs> things coming if he, if he turns that side again, which is here? wonderful. Where was he a heel? Because I need to watch this. Okay, I will send it to you and I will get it. Wow. But mystery competitor, Brian Cage. Easy thing to think of, I think, personally. But I heard a little rumor mm. on Wrestle Talk in the UK, and they put me on something, and now I can't stop seeing it. Mm. And it's Drew Gulak. Oh, man. And I say to myself, that, I mean, he's out, he's free. Like, I know there's a rumor, like, he's supposed to, like, renegotiate and come back. Okay, that's fine. But can you imagine, like, if Taz had a client, you know, right? Well, there's a built-in feud with him and Darby. I'm just saying, it's already there. And then our boy Darby has something to do post-ladder match. And it's, can you, come on, come on. I'm just saying, it feels good. And two of his best buddies happen to be in AEW. And Chuck and Arch. I'm just saying. Hmm. It, It. it's a little sweet. It's a little something, something. I don't know if it's going to happen. I'll lose, I'll my, lose my mind if it does. Wow. If I was Ring of Honor, I'd be backing the truck up to get Drew Gulak, to be honest with you, because that's a dude I'd be have headlining my shows. I would have been on the phone weeks ago. Oh, for sure. Very Supposedly interesting. Supposedly Drew was asking for ludicrous money for WWE. Wow. Very interesting. I love this panel, guys. You guys are knocking it out of the park. I see Derek waiting over there very patiently. I know he's got something to say. What do you got, Derek? Oh, shit. I didn't realize that was Steve Austin on top of your hat there. That's oh, awesome. yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Steve Austin. <laughs> yes, honey. <laughs> All right. So, just like you said, you look at this match, there's so many names in here. It's weird because there's nine people in this ladder match. Who the hell has a ladder match with nine people in it? And the rules are weird too. Yeah, it's a, it's just, it's just all around just just craziness. So, you know, when I'm looking at this, I'm trying to just go like process of elimination. There's so many yes. storylines that can be built yes. that can be built into this. So, you know, just like we said about Scorpio Sky, um, Scorpio Sky, he can be amazing as a singles competitor. So you see that Frankie Kazarian's he's also in this match as well. 
So does this lead to these two having some type of altercation that could cause for a future breakup that could push Scorpio Scott onto his singles run? That's one thing I look at right there. Another thing I look at, you know, they're they're giving guys an opportunity that have been in these factions to do their own thing singles-wise. Now, Bill, you said Ray, he's your top five in the world. Ray Phoenix, he's an amazing singles competitor as well. So I look look at that as well, and I'm like, hey, are they trying to give him his shine? The same thing they did to Scorpio Sky. So it's kind of tough. Darby Allen, I know they've been giving him his push. I know he's 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 like the clear favorite, I would think. If you're looking at odds, I think it's Darby Allen. But the thing that scares me about Darby Allen is that he's gonna go to the top of a ladder, he's gonna cough and drop off of it, and he's gonna be out of the match. <laughs> so yeah. that's the one yeah, thing man. that's the one thing that I worry about him. Um but um, I will say, I, I'm going to go to, I'm going to take a gamble here. My last name is Gamble, so I'm going to take a gamble. This yes. is perfect for double or nothing. I'm going to take a gamble, and I'm going to go Darby Allen on this. I'm going to go, he's, he's going to get the win. Just like you said, I don't think he, if he gets the shot, I don't think he's going to win the AEW World Championship. Because as we know, with guys like Darby, uh, he's similar. He, he has that, uh, I'll call it the Daniel Bryan effect where we like seeing guys chase the title more than having the title. Darby Allen is that guy. We like to see people like him, people like John Moxley, actually chase the title yeah. more than them actually having the title. Yeah. So he, he'll That's win true. this. I think, I think he'll win this, but he won't win the world championship. And if I'm going mystery opponent, Queen stole my shine there. I was going to so go sorry. Drew Gulak. I'll go and Drew wow. Gulak right there. Taz. If he's going to have a client, you're talking about uh, the, uh, the 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 eighth mayor of Suplex City before Brock Lesnar, the submission machine. Who else would be better to bring in than Drew Gulak, the submission specialist? And he Come gives on. AEW something they don't have overtly. Yeah. And that is this mat-based specialist who also can talk like a son of a bitch. Yeah, I And like, man, he's Drew Gulak. I mean, he proved, and and people are like, oh, he asked for too much money, like I mentioned before. But like, you saw what he could do with Daniel Bryan. Yeah. Like this guy could have. He's a guy. If AEW picked up, he what I thought he would do WWE. He could be a lifer, and he's a guy who could go with anybody. He could be a gatekeeper. He could be a main event guy. He can do everything, man. And, like, that'd be awesome. And then I like, mentioned some people were talking about Darby. Darby is the Sabu, in my opinion, of AEW. Yeah. He doesn't need a title. He's an attraction. You want to see Darby Allen do something crazy. I was never high on Darby Allen. I was watching stuff in Evolve, maybe because it was in Evolve. Um, is you want to see how this guy do some crazy shit. Joey Janela, same way. Yes, it's an attraction to see him wrestle on Dynamite. So it's it's this match. I think I think is going to steal the show. 
Oh, yeah. For sure. 100%. And Derek, great job. He is no rookie. You can tell he goes with the process of elimination approach. That's my favorite way to attack these matches, man. I love it. Really good. Like I said, we have a lot of faces. Very interesting to me. We have a lot of tag team competitors. I'm going to factor that in. For the mystery competitor, I have no read on this. If there wasn't all those 90-day clauses, I could get very creative. I would think it would be, you know, a Rusev. He's been kind of quiet. But again, we have all these 90 days and whatnot. Exactly. So it can't be. We'll see, though. Um, I'll say this. Darby Allen, you know, we were kind of talking about all the faces and, you know, how that would factor into the match later going on. You know, whoever the number one contender is going to be. I'm going to go Darby Allen on this one because if you did watch Dark on Tuesday uh, versus our good friend Serpentico, love Serpentico. Derek, you know what I'm talking about. Um yeah, good, that's good dude. Yeah, he, he he's awesome, and I'm so I'm so happy for him. I hope to see him more on AEW. But Darby Allen was very heel in that match, very angry. Um, kind of you know Taz talking about the new attitude and all that. So they could go either way with him. It looks like he's going more towards that heel character. I think that would work or persona. I think that will work great with him. I'm going to go, unless it is like Brian Cage or like a really big name, like big strong debut here. If it's like if it is a Brian Cage, like maybe he would win it. I I don't know. It's it's so many people in this match. I gotta go Darby Allen. Final answer, Darby Allen. The, uh, the only other guy who could be a wild card in all this because his contract is, could be potentially up is Brian Pillman Jr. Interesting. Um, his contract was up in 2020. He was in the Casino Battle Royale. I know MLW said they signed two of their big names back and one of them was Richard Holiday but um, I like Richard Holiday a lot as a, as a heel but you know we can't rule him out I know Ricky Starks just left NWA but he, I don't think that's big enough to put him in and I think he's WWE bound for, for sure it's got to be somebody big, right? You got to remember, yeah. last year we had Moxley debut at Double or Nothing. Something's got to hit here. It's got to be a big, big moment. Yeah. I just, yeah. it's got to be someone that gives you the, oh my God, you know. I'm going to throw sure. a monkey wrench into this whole podcast right now. Oh boy. What's that? Oh no. Marty Skrull. Marty Skrull? That'd be nice. Dude, if Marty Skrull comes, I'm going to start Gordon crying. would be nice. That would be amazing. I one, of those, if one of those guys showed up, and because, hey, they... AEW has been very honest about saying, hey, we're cool with Ring of Honor. Why not? Flip. Flip. I love Flip. I would rather oh, have Marty, man. personally. I mean, I would too, but... But yeah, I mean, like, Flip also believes the earth is flat, so, I mean, you know... I just uh, like to see him wrestle. I think he's fun. But oh, sure, yeah. Personally, man, whatever. Yeah. But um, the uh, Marty Skrull thing would be really cool. I just wonder yeah. if they would wait for people. That would be nice. But see, mystery, the mystery opponent, I don't know. I think just bringing a mystery opponent in and having them win, that's like, that's such a WWE thing. True. You know yeah, what I mean? That's why I don't think they would win. That's right. why I don't think, I don't I don't think, think they, they would win, win as well either. But I think it will some, be somebody big, but I just don't think, think I don't think Pac, they're going to win. Some people think Pac, but I'm like, you know, there is a travel restriction. Yeah. yeah, it's interesting. That's right why Pentagon's up. That's why, yeah, no Pentagon, and that's why we don't have uh, Pac, and I miss him. And the and the Dark Order, and the, or the Death Triangle, yeah. 
um, that they had going. Oh, yeah. But um, yeah, and also, Bill, I do I do agree with you. Ray Ray Phoenix, fantastic, one of my favorites. Uh, you know, you know, I love those high flying styles. He's got that flying Liu Kang kick. That was awesome. Really, really cool. All right, guys, let's move on to the Stadium Stampede match. We have, uh, of course, the Elite versus the Inner Circle. This is just going to be a lot of fun, guys. I don't even know who's going to win this one. Uh, I have no clue. I just think this pay per view sells itself. It really really does this is going to be amazing let's start with mr bodkin uh, i think it's the inner circle because i really think that one day the elite will win and that day will be when blood and guts happens and hopefully that day will be in new jersey at the prudential center where i had goddamn luxury box tickets i know uh, but no but i really think they're saving the elite versus the inner circle for blood and guts when, wherever that happens in front of humans. Um, and I think the, the inner circle should win because the elite is still fractured. Hangman page we saw was not on the same, sorry, page with everyone else. Um, you still have Matt Hardy in there. And that's sort of a, a square peg and a round hole. Not in terms of his wrestling, but like it's still trying to ha- like they're still formulating a lot of that. I think this match is going to be so much fun. I think it's going to be pre-taped. It should be pre-taped. Um, it's going to be like a cinematic type of match. You're going to see Vanguard too. I think. Yes. And I think. I think. FTR debuts. The former revival is going to show up there and help the inner circle because you know sometimes I just like to dream, guys. You know, but anyway, this match is going to be a hell of a lot of fun. Um, and I know supposedly Matt Jackson's hurt too, yeah. so hopefully they pre-tape this. But this is going to be Kenny Omega said this like. I'm going to prove to people, I'm paraphrasing, that DDT-style matches are going to work in America, and this is going to be just a big Gonzo-style match that feeds into all of Jericho's strengths, all of Kenny's strengths, and Matt's strengths, and it's just going to be this wild match. It's going to be so much fun, and, you know, I'm stoked for it, guys. Like, I, But I think the Inner Circle wins because... You want to keep the inner circle strong. I mean, and you want that elite win in front of people. Hmm. Very, very well said. Derek, your thoughts? That was okay. That, that was very good, actually. I, I liked that. I enjoyed that. <laughs> so, when I look at I look at this match, um, Stadium Stampede, um, you know that's going to be something wild, something crazy. Um this plays into the wheelhouse, into the mind of Matt Hardy. We know mm. this is going to be a Matt Hardy special, like this whole match. Um, I I got to go with Matt Hardy and the, the elite to win this one. Um, I think that the inner circle, they're so strong, they honestly don't need to win. These guys are like, think of like how when uh, back in the days, the NWO, Hulk Hogan would lose to Roddy Piper. Then the next night, he comes back on Nitro. It's not even a feeling that Hulk Hogan lost that match. 
because that's how much of a heel he was, and he just he would tell you, "I didn't lose that match. It was it was somebody cheating or whatever, whatever." You know, I feel like I get that same type of vibes when it comes to the inner circle. Um, I think they're they're strong regardless, um, and I think they they honestly don't need the win. This match plays for Matt Hardy um, in the elite. Um, they brought Matt, Matt Hardy in for a reason. Um, he lost Vanguard one. You can't have my man lose Vanguard one, and then he loses the match as well to avenge Vanguard one. Come on, man! He can't. We're gonna see Vanguard two. We're gonna. We'll probably see uh, his wife. We'll probably see the kids. We'll see everybody in this match, man. It's it's gonna it's going for Matt Hardy and the Elite. This is this is. Oh, I hope Senior right Benjamin. Man. I really hope Senior Benjamin shows if up. If he's not on that football field with a lawnmower, I'm rioting. <laughs> He's definitely there. He's definitely going to be there. Fuck, that is so good. Oh, I would love that. Derek, oh. Derek, I'll say this, man. You back up everything you're saying tonight. People have this guy on your show. Um, really well said, man. I, I do have to – it's hard to argue with you, man, but I got to go inner circle. I'm going to go with Bill. Queen, what do you got on this? I hope Gardner Minshew from the Jaguars is in this too somehow, <laughs> some way. He's just so recognizable that mustache. I'm like, ha. Ah. Chef's kiss. Oh gosh. Um, I don't care. <laughs> I don't care who wins. I don't. Wow. I'll be honest with you. Which is amazing. I don't care because it's gonna be a spectacle. And to your point earlier, Bill, you said that Kenny was like, "I'm gonna bring DDT," right? And he he said like, "Oh, Kenny, you no one could bring DDT to an American audience." And he's like, Psh, "Hold my Coke Zero, honey. Like, let's go." <laughs> Tell me that golf cart wasn't the best part of AEW Dynamite. Tell me when Sammy Guevara got hit with that golf cart and Kenny yeah. is and screaming no at him. And no one else. Right? It was perfect. Everything about that was great. And it's, that was the test run for what this is going to be. You thought that was fun? This is going to be 10 million times bigger than that. And and you're right, Derek, about the uh, the wheelhouse of Matt Hardy. I think we'll see Rebby in some way playing that piano. I think we're going to see something uh, to, to give us a little bit more of an insight into the broken Don't universe. Forget, Kevin Sullivan was there during all those final, all those broken Matt Hardy days right. in Impact Wrestling, too. Right. I think we're going to start slowly seeing more of the broken universe that we had, um, that we wanted to come back because if you saw it in impact it was just unbelievable but but now it's different you know we have Damasis we have a different level and it's going to get a little crazier and I think we're going to see changes and Matt's Matt Hardy is a different version of Matt Hardy and he showed us that in the match that they had on Dynamite right he was in different outfits and it was it was awesome he there's a lot in his brain and he's so creative that you know you almost feel like he's going to win here, but you guys, there's strife in the elite, and Hangman is not okay, and he hasn't been okay. Like, the last time we saw him, he almost turned on Kenny. Then he thought about it for just a split second and changed his mind and let him out of the ring. Like, there's dissent in the ranks, man, and and that's going to play a factor. Yes. Did you guys watch Being the Elite with his monologue? Yes. I think that's one of the best wrestling promos. He's done so well, right? Of all time. I mean, of this last, of this generation, like, that, if, if no one's seen it, go to be in the elite, the episode yeah. called Monologue, and it's like, it's him talking in the woods about going home, but like, basically going to AEW, but talking in realistic terms about being a person and a performer and a worker in this current pandemic, it's, it's a beautiful speech. 
It really is. Hmm. He does because, so well. Because, like, I don't think anyone has really engaged this reality in a wrestling promo. And he did just, like, fucking Scorsese work with that. And it was, it was great. And, and what a rise for Hangman, you know? What a rise. And, and the the story of, you know, him, him joining the elite and being the only one on the outside, not really winning anything and, you know, not, not being on the same level as Kenny and the Bucks because Kenny and the Bucks in New Japan and Ring of Honor were another level. And, um, you know, coming here and being that outsider and losing to Jericho in the very first title defense, uh, not title defense, sorry, uh, for the title itself. And he loses it and he takes a step back and what a rise for him. There's big, big things coming for Hangman Page and that can't be underestimated here when we're going into this match. Something's going to happen. Something bad's going to happen with that. They're not breaking up yet, but it's coming. You know, there's going to just be more in that story. I would I would be worried about Paige, but I'll tell you why I'm not worried about Paige is because they're in a stadium which is full of beer, and we all know <laughs> Paige he loves his beer, so that's one of the problems right there. That's done. So I have no worries about him. He'll be high. He'll be good. He'll definitely be good. Yeah, but I guess if you're gonna force me to pick, I I feel like my heart wants the elite, but I feel like it'll be inner circle ultimately. You sold me on that, Queen. Very well said. In fact, I'm I'm happier after you spoke about my inner circle pick. It adds fuel to that fire, the Hangman Page or the Adam Page angle going on right now. Um, you know, he has an interesting story arc that's played out over all of this time. Very, very well said. Um, all right, guys, let's keep it moving here. We are going to get to the AEW Women's Championship match. Uh, Nyla Rose, who I was supposed to be seeing... Uh, Back in March here in Jersey at uh, Goddesses of War, all a female show by Titan Championship Wrestling. That was going to be awesome. Uh, obviously, got can't another indie show. You know, we lost due to these crazy times we live in. But I'm excited for this match. Uh, I'm a big Sheeta fan, so I'm super excited for this one. And this is a no DQ match. Now I know there was some foreshadowing earlier. Queen, do you want to tell us a little bit about what you got in mind for this match? I surely do. <laughs> So over over on Smart to Death Radio, my bestie PQ, JPQ from No Particular Angle, and I did a double feature this week mm. where we kind of ran through um, last year's Double or Nothing all the way to this year's Double or Nothing. And we kind of were, were going over the storyline. He has part one. I have part two. And we really were talking a lot about the women's division as a whole. Um, not as deep dive as I did when I was speaking to Miss Phoenix AEW yeah. herself, Amy. But... Um, we did talk about it, and, and JPQ brought up a great point. Um, you know, when Brandy came out of that presser in Jacksonville, she made a lot of bold promises about the women's division that just have not come true, right? Um, it had a rough start. It had a lot of things going on that I think had a lot to do with mismanagement, had a lot to do with not ever being really on TV yet <laughs> and trying to yeah. figure out how to balance all of these stories in only two hours, which you think is a lot of hours, but it's really not a lot of hours. So, <laughs> um, you know, there was a lot of things going on, but he made a great point. Like if you're going to put a title on somebody to build a division around, right? Yep. It's Sheeta. She's done it several times over in basically every major Joshi promotion in Japan. If you want somebody to hold your women's title and hold it for like almost a year, that's your girl. You're building new stars. You're presenting a new style of wrestling. She's Joshi wrestling, but she also appeals to 
a lot of American audiences, I believe. She has a lot of crossover potential. She's a heavy hitter in her own right. And that's a girl that you can have defend that title for a very long time, run through everybody. Because then the girl that beats her, that's the new girl. That's the new woman in AEW. And, and it'll mean something. And that, to me, is what I was expecting kind of when they started this division, um, what they were trying to build. I feel like if they had come out and said, you know, we're going to start building a, a women's roster that's going to change the world. We're going to work over the next 12 months to bring in the best possible talent we possibly can, right? If they had come up with that narrative, I think it would have been a lot better. Because they came out with, we have this, this is what's happening, we're the best, da-da-da. And then it was a bunch of, that's not what happened, <laughs> right? So I think that, um, you know, Nyla's done exactly what she was supposed to do, I feel like, as the champion. You know, she... This is a no-DQ match and a no-count-out match. Um, how do you how do you hide that for someone who's green? Well, that's the type of match that you give her. This is her status quo. This is her normal. You put her in something with a table or a chair, and that's how you kind of work through that. And I think she's going to have a great match with Sheeta, like she had with Rio for the title. I think we're going to see that again. But I think it's time um, to really put the gas pedal on the women's division. They've been starting to do a lot of things here with Penelope Ford and Britt Baker as a heel and Sheeta and Chris Statlander and Big Swole. They're really starting to hone in on kind of like where they sort of want to go with the women's division, but they're not there yet. And I think establishing a really strong longevity, okay, title reign for a woman, it needs to happen. And I think Sheeta's the girl to do it. Wow. I wish it was last year. That's fine. I'll do it now. I like the way you think, Queen. Uh, I'm a big Sheeta fan. This is interesting. I'm, I'm actually not. I'm picking Nyla to retain here, but I hope you're right, Queen. Really well said. Derek, what were you thinking on this one, man? See, now, thinking on this one, this is where I told Queen I would contradict myself because <laughs> she she put it all into perspective and she made she's thinking about the matches that, that's going to happen after this, after these two women's matches that occur. Um, see, for me, you're like, hey, he picked Baker earlier. So, well, yeah, he's probably, he's probably going to pick Sheena to win this. But no, I'm picking Nyla Rose to win this. Nyla Rose, I, and I think the only reason... Uh, they know Nyla as a fan. If you're looking at this, you know she should dominate Sheeta. That's what you would think. It's Nyla Rose. She's big. She's a monster. She should dominate. So what they do is this match is a no DQ, no no countout. Yes, it is to hide the fact that Nyla is green. I love Nyla so much, but yes, she is green. Um, and I think that's a way to make it so that Sheeta can compete and she could I think the no DQ is going to be an advantage for her more than it is going to be for Nyla because it's going to give us that hope that hey she's going to actually win she can pull this off she can use chairs she can use a table she can use whatever she wants to use but in the end I think Nyla is going to prevail um looking at the future match ahead kind of like I know you're doing queen um Nyla Rose and Britt Baker I can see a switch happening and Nyla going to face. Now, I like to think about things. Sometimes I reach. Sometimes I reach. Mm -hmm. I like to That's think right. about things. But you think about Nyla Rose. Nyla Rose is your only transgendered wrestler on your in your company. Do you really want Which her to be Which they've never mentioned. Do you want her to be hated That's by right. the fans? You don't want her to be hated by the fans. So I can see a possible turn going on here. Or... 
you never know. Britt Baker, we don't know how serious her injury is or what's going on. Maybe she wins this match, and maybe her title shot is not right away, and something else comes in front, and somebody else takes the title from Nyla, and that sets it up for Britt, who takes it from that person. So, but if I if I got to pick, I'm, I, I got to go with Nyla with this one. I don't see her losing the title, and um, you know, and just like you said, uh, Bob, I'm I'm sad about that show being canceled. Uh, me and Andrew were actually going to work that. Shout out to uh, Billy Fesky yeah. and, uh, you know, Titan Championship Wrestling. Uh, that was going to be a great show, and um, I was looking forward to, you know, meeting Nyla there. Yeah, same, man. I heard uh, you and Andrew were going to get powerbombed uh, in a in a spot. You guys were – no, I'm just kidding, man. No worries. Maybe Andrew's not me. Yeah, there it is. Yeah. <laughs> nah, man. I was stoked for that show. But you know what? Like I always say on the show, once the world's back to normal, this thing is cured, eradicated, whatever it is, these shows are going to be hopping, especially here in Jersey and in Connecticut for you two, Queen. But, uh, <laughs> oh, I'll be in Jersey. Don't worry about that. My first stop's GCW, honey. Yes. Oh, Queen, you're the – Best. Yeah. The you one know the GCW you. show you went to, I didn't go to. I know. What the hell? Me neither. I was I was getting fired for Disney, man. All right. Well, I mean, that's a good excuse, but I almost let. Um, I know. I know. But Bill, what do you got? Have. Bill, what do you got on this match? Uh, this is literally the toughest match to call because Hikaru Shido, Hikaru Shida is prized to win this match and she's awesome and she has evolved so much since the first double or nothing and she's really coming to her own I mean when we saw her even at all out we're like I, I was kind of like eh I don't know like Riho is definitely the, the woman who's got the most experience and she outclassed her in a lot of ways but, Re- but Sheeta has worked so hard and has become such a great part of this company and she's so young that like she's destined to become the woman of AEW but because of this whole situation I don't know if you're going to see that title change because Nyla's barely defended it because she wanted it at, um, at full gear and then it was like pandemic so it's like, do you take the title off of her? And I don't think you do. And I, but I also don't know who you build her up, who you build up to fight her at all out. Because you have to think long term here. And I, I feel like AEW is going to assign some women to their to their roster. And I think Priscilla Kelly might be one of those women. I know Anna Jay was one of those women. But I, none of them are main event level winner. And I've said this from day one with AEW. When they started, they had a day one box office in the men's singles division, in the tag team division, but not in the women's division. And unless someone becomes super available between now and August, I'm going to have to go Nyla Rose here to retain... And, but I don't know what the future of the AEW Women's Division is, especially if Britt Baker gets hurt. Because Britt Baker is on a heel turn that can easily morph into a facer. Because she's so good at being a heel. We all kind of love her for it. Like, we all like her now more than ever. 
So it's going to be a real interesting time to see who becomes available between now and August. Maybe they sign somebody. Uh, I don't know who that would be. Maybe it's a tie of Valkyrie. Probably not. But I don't know. Uh, I always thought it was going to be Tessa Blanchard, but I don't know if anyone wants to sign her right now outside of Impact. So it's a very interesting situation, this women's division. I think Big Swole will be in there because we saw her on Dynamite, and she will be probably the next person who rumbles with the women's champion. But I don't think it's at all that. So it's a very hmm. interesting situation. But I'm going to go Nyla Rose retains. I do think this is going to be a hell of a match, though. Because Nyla Rose, I know she's green. But on pay-per-view, she seems to rise to the occasion. And that King Kong knee drop, that when they, she drapes someone over the top rope, has no move. I love that move. <laughs> and uh, it's going to be a fun match. Absolutely. Very well, uh, you know, very interesting, Bill. And uh, Bill, I got to tell you this. Listen to Queen and Amy's episode about the women's roster in AEW. Phenomenal. Check it out, Queen's Court. All right, guys. I will. Thank you. It's really, really good. Really, really good. All right. Let's move on to Cody versus Lanch Archer. I did really enjoy that Jake the Snake, man. He has not missed a beat. Also, check out Jake the Snake interview on the BCP and also on the popbreak.com, I believe. Um, great segment with Jake and Arn Anderson last night on Dynamite. That was amazing. Now we have also Mike Tyson involved in this match because of the TNT title presentation at the end. Do you guys see Tyson getting involved? Obviously, I see a lot of hijinks of here. I see Tyson taking a swing at Jake, something like this. Um, and who do you guys see winning this one? Let's go with Derek. All right. This one, I put a lot of thought into this one, all right? Okay. So, for this babies. one... <laughs> yeah. See, for this one, this is this is tough, man, because I feel like this title is especially made for Cody Rhodes. I feel like this is just made for him. This is this is him, especially since he can't, you know, have the AEW World Championship. I feel like this yeah. title is this title. Yes, you're right. You're right. Yeah, but I feel like this title is made for him. But I feel like they've been building Lance Archer up so much, and he's undefeated. And one thing I know about Cody is he's always about putting the business before himself. So I don't see him saying, give me this title. I see him saying, let's put Lance, let's make him a star, let's give him the title. Now, when it comes to Mike Tyson... There's a lot of there's there's two possible things I could happen here with Mike Tyson. I don't see it just being a happy go lucky thing too as well with Mike Tyson just handing the title over to Cody. Hey, let's celebrate. No, Mike Tyson has to get involved in this as well. So I see two possible things. All right, I see one. Lance Archer wins. It's a simple thing. He's a little bit too cocky. He's he starts something with Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson ends up punching him and knocking him out. So nobody else can knock Lance Archer out, but the baddest man in the world, Mike Tyson, can knock him out. Um, another thing I can see happening is a wild card. Maybe MJF. He still hates Cody. He gets involved in this. He causes Cody the match. He's in there celebrating with Lance Arbor, Archer because he's so happy that Cody lost. And it's MJF that takes the punch from Mike Tyson Ooh. so that Lance Archer doesn't look weak from taking a punch from Mike Tyson. So in the end, Lance Archer wins this title. 
But who gets punched by Tyson is either Lance Archer or MJF. Beautiful, man. Looks like you've done this before. Bill, your thoughts on this one, bro? So, as as was just stated, Cody definitely is a guy who loves wrestling more than I think he loves himself. He said he's obsessed with wrestling. And um, that's an interesting storyline. Why was if Cody loses this one? He loses another big one. That's a way more interesting story than if he won the title. I want to see an introspective Cody Rose. I want to see those, like, Double or Nothing last year, he did one promo with Dustin that sold the match. He was It was amazing. I want to see more, more promos about with Cody. And I think his next feud will be with Sean Spears is my theory because that shit ain't done because he's got Dustin this week and I think Spears can beat Dustin and I think there's a little more unresolved stuff there and I think that's going to hold over for a while because my whole theory is Lance Archer wins we have a battle royal from the TNT title Darby Allen wins that and we're going to set up a Darby Allen Lance Archer feud for all out (laughs) and I think Darby Allen takes the title there Wow. That's my thought. And that is more money in that than um, Cody holding the title. Right. You don't want to make Lance look weak. And I don't think he will. I think Tyson gets involved and maybe... Well, I think Arn gets involved with Jake. And maybe Arn or Jake takes that punch. I don't know about MJF. I love the MJF angle of the whole thing. But I think uh, Lance is going to take this one by hook or by crook. And because um, Cody, Cody does, like when you were saying about people not needing a title, I don't think right now Cody needs a title. He's a freaking god there. I mean, I was a guy when Cody was in New Japan. I'm like, he's a great promo, but I can give a shit about what he does in a ring. Now, like... I love Cody. My daughter, he's the only boy my daughter loves because he wears gold tights. That's the only reason she likes him. <laughs> I say, you're the boy with the gold tights is on TV and she'll actually watch. Um, I'm trying really hard to make a fifth generation wrestling fan here. Um, and I really think it makes more sense to put a belt on Lance Archer right now than Cody Rhodes. So I'm going to go, I'm going to go, I'm going to say I'm going to go Cody. Jesus. I'm going to go Lance. And I don't think Lance is going to be alone by the end of this. I think Jake's going to have a few more guys with him. I would love it. It's not going to happen. I would love it if Lance was the mouthpiece for the Butcher and the Blade. Mm. Because to me, there's a lot of money in those guys, especially Andy Williams. Very interesting, Bill. Very interesting. Queen, your thoughts on this one? She's got a lot of Okay. So. Hmm. I'm picking Lance to win the title. Two things. One, I'm ready for Cody to pull back from the massive entrances and his over-the-top character and move towards that introspective self. Mm. I'm ready for that storyline. I think we're all ready for that storyline. We need something different from Cody, and he's ready to give it to us. He has the ability to really just kind of 
give us that uh, those monologues, those those promos, and it, it could be really really special. I think if he goes there, um, and I'm really kind of hoping for that. I think there will be a punch from Mike Tyson. I think it may be aimed at Lance Archer, but does not hit Lance Archer. Ooh. I think it will hit Cody Rhodes, and that's how Cody loses this match. So he loses, but he doesn't lose it on his own, like merit, you know, like, oh, I lost this match. I took the pin from MJF kind of thing. It's, I lost this yep. match because someone's involved, but, like, I still lost. So, like, now what do I do, right? It makes way more sense to put the title on Lance than it does anybody else. Um, so your idea about having Jake being, like, a mouthpiece for other people, I think there will be other people, and I, and I think the three letters are FTR. Ooh. And if Lance Archer and FTR, yeah, if they're together with Jake the Snake, unstoppable. Think about this shit for one second. Nice, Queen. A yeah. year ago, none of us, none of us would have given one shit about Lance Archer because the G1 hadn't happened yet. And now we're like, oh shit, what happens if he's in like a top flight? Faction with Jake the Snake Robertson revival. Yep, or the Wrestling revolt, whatever they're called. Yeah, Wrestling in 2020. Man. What is happening? That is my that is my prediction of where they show up. I've been I've been really thinking about where FTR is going to come, and uh, this was a spot to me that made a lot of sense because if you could just imagine Cody like laid out, and Mike Tyson's going away, and there's Lance Archer, and there's Jake, and here comes. The fucking revival, dude. I would just lose my mind and have just those four people standing over Cody. It's money. It's money all day. New faction. New new unstoppable team. FTR yes. is going to come right into that tag title pictures. And that's who's taking the titles from Kenny and Hangman. Whoa. And also, think, about, think about this. If you don't want to milk the inner circle versus the elite for blood and guts whenever that happens, you have a Lance, FTR, and eventually somebody else. There you go. Wow. Hey, so you, so you, you guys are telling me that <laughs> AEW, they're going to make another faction Hell yeah. on top of the 10 factions they already <laughs> have. Yeah, Hello, Listen. welcome to New Japan Pro Wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Dude, oh, Wait till they add a girl. Wait you... till Priscilla Kelly joins that faction. Yeah. I love Priscilla Kelly, by the way. I won't be mad about that. Yeah, that's right. Dude, I'm, tell I'm telling you, there is also, don't forget, Sadie Gibbs is around too. She's oh, I back. wish, well, I want her, but I don't know if she has travel issues or not. She probably does. The but AW... not, I want her, yes. Don't forget, AEW heels. Um, but, like, they're going to, like, like, this is New Japan slash Dusty Road books, NWA man, like factions and heel managers. This yeah. is like, this is the, and, and, listen, even ECW, this is the shit y'all love. Even in the Attitude Era, people were mostly aligned in factions, except if you're Steve Austin, he didn't give a shit about anything because he was the man. <laughs> it's very interesting. Like yeah, there you go. It's very yeah, interesting. Uh, about himself. I, I, hey, Cody just compared MJF to uh, a, a young, stunning Steve Austin in my interview. 
Oh, wow. Check that out. There you go. Uh, It's very interesting, guys. I I like what you're saying, Queen, especially. You really put some thought into this. Obviously, I got to go Lance Archer with the rest of you guys. Um, Now, we will get to the main event real quick. Home stretch here. Uh, We'll go rapid fire on this one. I did forget uh, on the Sean Spears News Network. We forgot about this one. Sean Spears versus Dustin Rhodes. Real quick, we'll go rapid fire on this one. Uh, I'm going to go. I think it's no question it's Sean Spears. Derek, your thoughts? Sean Spears, Dustin Rhodes, same as Cody Rhodes, always wants to put over other talent. Done. Queen. Sean Spears, unfortunately. That that answer was a perfect 10. Bill. (laughs) Mr. Peyton Royce. Oh, boy. Sir Peyton, I love it. Yeah, and by the way, uh, love Peyton. Oh, yeah, love the icon. Love Peyton Royce's uh, Cassie Cooks that she does on her Instagram. Clearly stealing it from Queen, Queenie Cooks, but I digress. All right. Let's move on to the main event here for the AEW World title. John Moxley versus the leader of the Dark Order, Brody Lee. This is an interesting one. Um, I think a lot of us are going to go Mox on this one. I'm not sure where to go. I think it could be interesting with uh, Brody Lee holding the title. I love what they do with the Dark Order. I love that I'm an indie show, or I'm at an indie show, and someone from the Dark Order shows up. Like, I just love, it's like, you know, this this faction that keeps expanding. You never know where they're going to show up. It's so cool. I really like what they're doing. And, uh, you know, I was telling Bill, I always compare him to, like, the Foot Clan from, like, Ninja Turtles. I'm aging myself here. But, yeah, yeah, Derek, you guys know what I mean. But basically, um, people are starting com- to compare Seth Rollins to what he's doing a little bit to a little bit of a comparison to the Dark Order. I don't know if you guys have any thoughts on this. Let's throw it to Derek. Open it up on this one, man. All right, uh, this is a good one here. Um, let's see, Brody Lee, like you said, he has the Dark Order. Um, they've really been pushing it, and I think one of these things, I don't know if Brody Lee was originally supposed to be in this spot, mm. but because of coronavirus and everything that has happened, Brody Lee is in this spot, and he's taking on John Moxley for the AEW World Championship now. So, um this is like kind of like what I said when we're talking about Darby Allen here. I kind of think this is the Daniel Bryan effect. I know that Moxley just got the title, and you wouldn't want to take it off from so quick. But AEW is not like everybody else. They do things a little bit differently here. I'm saying Brody Lee is going to win this title match. He's going to become our new AEW world champion. He's a great heel. He's great with the Dark Order. Now we have what we originally like. We have John Moxley fighting through a slew of people to get the title back that he lost from Brody Lee. And Brody Lee just keeps putting roadblock and roadblock, roadblock, roadblock in front of John Moxley. And that's what we like to see. Just the same thing they did with the Inner Circle. He tore through the Inner Circle. He won it. Now I say Brody Lee wins this. Now he has to tear through the Dark Order in order to get his belt back from Brody Lee, which he will eventually get back, and that'll set up for all the other stuff. But if you're tying things in, now you're looking at Darby Allin, and now he's taking on Brody Lee instead of John Moxley. Derek, knocking it out of the park. Bill Bodkin, what do you got, man? I have no idea. I like it. I don't know if this feud has been built up the best way possible just because uh, they got 
you know, gosh, like they were working at 30%. Now they have 70% or if not 80, 90. They got those guys back within three weeks. So the build hasn't been the best possible because, you know, I point to the world. Like, fuck, everything's crazy. We have no, there's no logic. There's no order. Um, you know, you don't want to have Brody. Some people, like, I, I've read a lot of stuff. Some people are saying, hey, maybe they'll just do a DQ in the finish hmm. because this won't be the main event. This uh, The uh, stadium stampede will be, which I believe. Um, Ooh. Some people are saying, hey, you know, the, you know, you know, Brody will lose, just blame the Dark Order, and this allow him to tweak the character because people think he's too Vince McMahon. I actually like it. This is the, uh, the, one of the toughest matches to call on the show. Yeah. Um, if my prediction of Scorpio Sky is going to hold true, while I would love a John Moxley Scorpio Sky match, I think a Scorpio Sky Brody Lee match would actually be way better in ring. And I think having Brody lose would be a hit to him. But also, we've talked about every heel has won, pretty much. MJF, Inner Circle, Lance Archer. Yeah. I'm just going to go against even my better judgment. Obviously, John Mox is going to retain. And Brody moves on to something. Maybe he moves on. If Cody wins that TNT title, he's going to move to work Cody. I don't know. I'm just going to go Moxley against my better judgment because I can't see every heel winning it or nothing. So I'm going to go. I'm going to go John Moxley. Yeah, this is a tough one to call. Very well said. And that, you know, AEW is doing a good job because you have a title match and this is tough to call. That means they're doing a great job. Queen, I'm so interested in what you have to say on this one. <laughs> um, I have the ladies title switching. Uh, this is the one that was easier for me. I know it is tough. It definitely takes a lot of like speculation and analysis and, and thinking about what's going to happen next and how, what does it mean if John Moxley retains and, and who's going to be the guy to step up to the plate for Moxley? And what does it mean if he loses? Where does Moxley go now? And how did, where does he weave his story? And what does Brody Lee look like as a champion? And is he ready for that? I don't know. Oh. Uh, it's it's kind of weird. It's a weird situation because for me, the Dark Order really hit with their vignettes. And when the Dark, I mean, when the Exalted Wood wasn't here, that was the best part for me. Once he arrived, I was like, oh, cool. It's Brody Lee. Like, good for you. Like, this is something fun that you'll get to do. And, and, you know, you left and great. And I don't really think you're the best talker on the planet, but hopefully it'll be all right. And um, I, I kind of hate the direction that he took the Dark Order. I think it's totally different than what those vignettes were saying um, and, and the way that they portrayed the, the Exalted One to be. I have no idea who the Exalted One is. And I don't think he knows who the Exalted One is uh, on TV yet. I think he has an idea of where he wants it to go. He, w- he did this great interview talking about how, like, you know, a lot of people say it's Vince McMahon or a lot of people say it's this. I just want it to be interpretive. And, you know, I want you to decide whatever. That, that to me means he kind of knows where he wants to go, but it's not really selling so well for me, at least on television. And I, I don't know that. 
I mean, can every heel win? Maybe. AEW, to Derek's point, it's not like everybody else. They can do whatever the hell they want. Um, you know, maybe we have shorter title reigns. Maybe we don't. Uh, it's really, it is tough to call in that respect. But for me, uh, I feel like John Mox is going to retain. I just, thinking back to last year's Double or Nothing and his debut here and his release from WWE and that video that he put out at like 12.01 a.m. <laughs> and like, I'm breaking free from the prison and I'm John Moxley and I'm Death Rider in New Japan and, and you know, I'm going to have Shoto Amino and I'm just going to have this whole thing going on and I'm going to be in two champs and I two miss Shooter. I miss Shooter too. And like all this stuff going on and then boom, COVID, right? And it's just like, ah, oh, the momentum kind of... And I just feel like... It's, it would be really tough for me to see Brody Lee as the AEW champion. Could it be a DQ? Maybe. Keeps Brody Lee looking strong. It keeps Moxley with the title. Maybe Moxley loses the match but retains the title. Gives something interesting for Mox to do. Um, on my show this week, we're talking a lot about how you know Moxley is one of those people that that's the people's champion in a lot of ways. He feel, feeds off that crowd a lot. Mm. He needs that in a lot of ways to, to continue to be John Moxley, right? So in a sense, I could also see why you put it on Brody Lee. It'd be a good time to do that. Plus, if it's not your main event and it's your co-main and you go right into the stampede, that's a good way to kind of to make that title change happen. But I don't know. Would it be a really full, dark, uh, double or nothing? If, especially if the elite don't win? Oh, man. It, if, it, it feels real heavy that way. And, like, none of none of your, like, who you're rooting for is going to come out victorious. So, I'm going to – my gut said John Moxley when this first was announced, especially because of this lack of the build. I just feel like it needed way more – than it, than it is on paper. Yeah. This is this is your anti-hero champion, the champion of the people, your man, your guy, John Moxley, right? Versus the exalted one of the Dark Order, who's supposed to be this looming, nasty, take whatever I want at any time person, and it it, it just didn't quite get there. So I'm wondering if they'll find a way to kind of screw with it, so we can get it maybe later with a with a proper. Uh, storyline to it because we're getting a taste of what it could be with you know um, Brody taking the championship from him and, and goading him and putting those roadblocks like you said Derek and ma- putting 10 in the match and leaving 10 and say you know we all have to make sacrifices <laughs> blah 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 by the way I think Brody Lee does it better than Seth Rollins except when Seth Rollins came out all disheveled and like looked like a total maniac that was the best thing Seth Rollins has done is in his Messiah gimmick and we all know that AJ Styles is the real Monday Night Messiah because he rose from the dead thank you very much <laughs> oh wow and that's my TED talk I need a shot well, wow. well if you look at Seth um you know he, he has a baby on the way and if you have kids you know having kids will make you look like that on the regular so I <laughs> <laughs> stayed home dad for six months I can say yes <laughs> wow there it is wow you guys put some uh, thought into this uh, this is amazing what's that Bill? but Quinn was right Moxley it's the toughest one to call because Quinn's right like if this was if you if pre-pandemic, if this was always the plan for Double or Nothing, this would have worked way better in front of live crowds. As Mox is a he is a stone no pun intended stone cold live crowd guy. I mean, we saw what he was doing for months. He would just walk out there, and the crowd would just be incensed 
with just how passionate they were for him and to have Brody take the title. And I think this is going to be a hell of an in-ring match. Mm. These guys have done the dance before. Promotions. So they're going to beat the shit out of each other in this match. It's going to be, I think it's going to be one of Moxley's best in-ring matches in AEW. But it's just like the drama of the story. And AEW is big on drama for stories. And it's not there right now. So it would be... And so it's a bit of a creative corner they're in right now. So I'm not sure which way they go. And, and you know, to be honest, I'm okay with not knowing which way they go on some of these matches because AEW hasn't, outside of the Nightmare Collective, which they realized was a complete shit show, they, they, they haven't let me down creatively yet. Yeah, very, very well said. It's See, good the, the that they... Went, go ahead, they Derek. Went, yeah, the, the, the thing with AEW, too, is that, like all we said, they're, they're creative. Uh, they, they evolve. They like to, you know, test things and do things a little bit differently than, you know, WWE would do. And what better time to things and do things different than right now when you don't have fans in the audience. If you give it to Brody Lee, you get the feedback on Twitter, people hate it, you can easily take the title back from Brody Lee. You're working that whole story again like you did, like I said, with the Inner Circle. You're working that whole story again and people are going to love it. And Moxley takes it back and now you got Moxley. He's a two-time AEW World Champion, the first two-time AEW World Champion. And here you go. But the one thing I'll hate about this is that the smart marks will complain that another WWE guy has won the AEW championship wow. again, which is so annoying. And as if everybody in the world came from a WWE, it's like, come on, get over it, guys. I, I mean, some people, as Michael Caine once said in The Dark Knight, some people just like to watch the world burn. Like they are, like this. Some people will never be happy with what happens in wrestling. I'm not the biggest WWE guy anymore. I watched both nights of WrestleMania, and there was a lot of stuff I loved. And it's just like, and maybe it didn't make the most sense in the world, but you know what? It was fun. Yeah. And sometimes we have to just like drop our pretentiousness and just like enjoy the shit out of it. True. Like the first double or nothing, there were so many flaws in that show. But you know what? Personally, I went through a really shit time at that point. I watched that. It was so much fun. It reminded me of why I love wrestling. And this stuff or nothing, while it's completely different, reminds me why I love wrestling because I can't predict shit. And I want to see what happens. Yeah, very well, very well said, guys. And, um, you know, I, I'll say this, you know, we've kind of, not to be negative or anything, but we've kind of been in the darkest timeline right now. Uh, I think that being that being said, I got to go Dark Order, and uh, I, I like what Derek, you were saying there. I got to go I gotta go Brody Lee. You know, I can see the title change not in front of fans. Uh, very interesting. He's got this, you know, very big boss bad guy mentality about him. Obviously, the, the Vince McMahon parody. This could be very interesting with him with the title, him already having the cronies, and that would force Moxley to have some unlikely partnerships moving forward to kind of combat this army of the Dark Order. So very interesting. Um, guys, thank you so much for a few so minutes. Sorry. To- on this game for you, by the way. 
What's that? So much blood on this pay per view. No, especially in the two matches we just talked about back to back. Could could yeah, it could be. Love it. Hey guys, thank you so much for um, making the time. This was a real treat talking to you guys as always. Um, thanks for staying up late. Let's get a little shameless promo uh, out of the way. It's past my bedtime, and uh, we'll see what we could do. Bill, tell us a little bit about a little something called thepopbreak.com. It's it's a fucking pandemic, dude. Bedtimes don't exist. <laughs> You're a thirty plus year old man, man. Like you don't have bedtimes. If I'm if I have a kid really a full time job and running a site and doing this podcast, sleepy time could wait for you a little bit, man. You're okay. Yeah. Trust me. I'm, but I'm single now, yeah. Most importantly, if you wanna see people like like Rob write wonderful pieces, passionate pieces about pop culture every day. I I would love for you to check out thepopbreak.com. We have we cover film. Yes, that still exists. TV, uh, pro wrestling, comic books. We do tons of podcasts. You can check out the podcast I host with my friend Al Manarino, which Rob was on, where I was super drunk. And not was, true. Uh, not true. It, it was oh, not dude, I was, not true. I, I was super drunk on that podcast. You were fine. That you can find it's a socially distanced podcast. That is on um, Apple Podcasts and SoundCloud. Uh, all of our other podcasts, which is on Breakcast, you can find on SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts. Uh, but every day, check out thepopbreak.com. We are at popbreak.com, all spelled out on Twitter, forward slash popbreak.com, all spelled out on Facebook. And we're at the popbreak on Instagram, where we will be debuting. Um, since we can't shoot concerts right now, our photographers are going to be taking over our Instagram at the pop break and they'll be talking about some of their favorite uh, concerts they've shot over the years. Um, we're going to be doing that twice a day starting uh, next week. So, yeah, check that out at the pop break on Instagram. And uh, Rob, as always, thank you for having me on with uh, people who are a lot more cultured and smarter than me in the world of pro wrestling. <laughs> no, always a pleasure. Not even close. <laughs> The pop break's pretty good, but more importantly, what the people really want to hear about is Queen's Court. Queen, what do you got for us? <laughs> well, as always, please, you know, I just love talking with y'all, and, and thank you so much again for having me. Uh, Queen's Court drops every single Wednesday as one half of the hashtag Queen and Pup connection on Smart to Death Radio. Uh, this week we did a double feature, which was uh, on JPQ's show, No Particular Angle. He had side one, I have side two on Queen's Court, where we do a year in review, double or nothing 2019 to double or nothing 2020. Um, this Saturday I'm having my own predictions live with Ashley and Rich of Dojo and Dynamite, one of my favorite AEW and New Japan podcasts. So they'll be joining me live at 1.30 on Twitch. And next week, I have an interview, Queenie Chats, dropping with the wrestler of the people, Christian Cobain. Um, also on Spark to Death Radio. And I'm also on DYWTSB. We're taking a little bit of a, of a break, but we'll be back soon. So uh, check that out as well. You yeah. did a great interview with Effie, too. Yes. Oh, thank you so much. Yes. Oh, what a joy. I love I'm Effie so much. I love Effie. He's great. He's my fave. <laughs> and Queen, keep, keep those punches coming, you know? I want to see how you're doing on that. Buddy. That's amazing. Oh, wait. Oh, hold on. Wait. Speaking of that, I yes. totally forgot. Um, t- 
today I started the hashtag all out challenge. So last year it was full gear challenge, getting ourselves in shape, focusing on our health. Um, but this year we should start the all out challenge. So starting double or nothing, I mean, after the pay-per-view because hot wings, um, but on Sunday, <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. Okay. yes. Um, on Sunday, start it with me. I've been doing it for a couple months now, but I'm really going to hit home. Um, with this all out challenge so we will be all out ready come the end of august people so let's go good for you that's amazing queen and if you do end up cooking this weekend i want the pictures shout to our boys the meat boys over there at meats and tweets uh we always got our good recipes coming out i always love to see what everyone's cooking up for these pay-per-views it's a lot of fun all right and what a hell of a debut tonight for mr Derek gamble Derek. thanks so much for a few minutes tell us where we can follow you guys and wrestling iq 101 yeah, definitely. Um, Wrestling IQ 101, me and my partner, Andrew Pace, um, we started this about four years ago. Um, we know there's so much great wrestling talent on the independent scene. So we wanted to, you know, bring people's stories to the light of, you know, people you might not know if you only watch what's on TV. And a lot of these guys we've talked to on the indie scene, they've went on to be on TV, TNA. NXT, WWE, that's just how great they are. We talk to a lot of legends. Um, that's just our, our thing. We we love talking to guys. We love um, giving giving fans that insight of you know wrestlers and showing you know fans that wrestlers are just like us. We don't ask your normal questions. Uh, how did you train and this and that? We actually go deep. We ask some other things. We're very innovative and creative with our interviews. Um, we talk to a lot of great people. Uh, right now, we're, we're on a, a pause right now. But, um, you know, we caught fire uh, a lot later because, you know, uh, we're a lot of people know who we are now. So we're just re-releasing a lot of our classic episodes that we've talked to. Um, you've seen uh, Al Snow we've talked to. Uh, the Wrestling superstar Virgil, which everybody loves. <laughs> Soul <laughs> Train Jones. <laughs> we talked to Soul Train Jones. We talked to him. It's Andrew's Flip best Gordon. friend. Flip Gordon, Robbie E, a.k.a. Robert Stone now. Um, Falaba, JTG, like we said earlier. A lot of great guys. Um, you can check I saw, us out. I saw Robbie E. Uh-huh. in a JCC in Edison, New Jersey, when he was Rob Echoes in like 2000. And my dad won the raffle for that. And got in the ring with like home the hometown buffet from South Edison. Yeah, mascot who then beat the crap out of a guy named he was like did a Rocky gimmick, and the hometown buffet B did the ten count punch in the corner on him while my dad watched him in the ring. So I will always have a special place in my heart for. Robert Stone. That's awesome. Robbie Robbie has always been good to us. Um, You can you can check out all our stuff uh, at Wrestling IQ One Hundred and One on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, iTunes, uh, SoundCloud, Google, wherever you get all your stuff, you can check us out. Uh, YouTube, especially, that's where we primarily release a a lot of our stuff, and we're back cataloging everything onto iTunes now. yeah, and Rob, uh, you know, just I thank you for this opportunity, man. I'm glad I could come on here and, you know, talk with, you know, these great minds about wrestling, something I I love talking about, you know, all the time. Um, one thing I didn't get to mention when we were talking about Shad that I want to mention now as yeah. well. Um, we have a partnership with um, Collar and Elbow. 
which is ran by Al Snow and his uh his his brand. He's right now he's doing it. He he created a special shirt for Shad, and um if you order it, a hundred percent of the proceeds go to Shad's family. So it's uh, a it, really cool shirt too. Yeah, it definitely is. It, it mimics the uh, Iron Mike Tyson from Brooklyn T-shirt, but it's, it's you know Brooklyn's own Shad Gaspar. Um, check it out. Uh, you know, definitely I would say purchase it. Hundred percent of the money goes to his family. If you want to support, even if you can't afford the shirt, which is twenty five dollars, um, you can also just uh, send a PayPal to uh, Collar and Elbow. Send a payment to them. Put Beast in the notes section, and they'll take whatever you send them. You can send whatever you want just to help out, you know, their family in this you know terrible time that they're they're facing. Yeah. Wow. Very well said, man. Hell of a debut. Um, you know, doing all the right things here. And, uh, you know, I can't have said it better myself. Guys, thank you so much for a few minutes. Uh, stay safe, stay positive, stay healthy, and uh, enjoy Double or Nothing on Saturday. We're out. Peace, guys. No